Thank you, Paul, and good morning, everyone. I hope you're well and you're comfortable um, with your brunch or your breakfast and your hot cup of coffee, if that's, your, uh, if that's your preference, wherever you're sat watching this. It is a privilege to bring the Word of God to you this morning. And I'm going to continue our Christmas season um, by focusing on another major character in the Christmas story, and she is one of my heroines of faith. It is Mary that I'm going to be speaking about this morning. And she doesn't feature loads, and there's not loads of time and wording given over to Mary in the New Testament, um, but she is obviously the mother of Jesus, and wow, what a woman. She inspires me so much, and so it is wonderful that I get to share a little bit about why um, and what makes her faith something that we can all chase after and model our own perhaps on or be inspired by. Luke 1.45 in the Passion Translation of the Bible says, great favor rests upon you. That's Mary. She's being addressed by her cousin Elizabeth. For you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Great favor rests upon those of us who believe what God says to us and about us. But let's look at what God said to Mary. So a few verses earlier in the Bible, Luke 1, 26 to 38, says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Wow. That is a huge experience for anyone. Um, and I want to look at Mary's response because her response tells us a lot, perhaps about her own faith. And I think her response can inspire us all in our faith um, as we acknowledge Jesus, as we consider Christmas, and as we look to live out and walk step by step every single day of our lives, a life that puts God first and a life that acknowledges the lordship of our God. Um, so I want to look at her response and hopefully share some practical ways how we can um, ourselves be believers like Mary. And first of all, if you're sat here watching, um, you're at home, you're just, you've stumbled across this message or someone shared the link with you and you're not yet a believer, the Lord isn't the Lord for you yet. 
then I want to encourage you. Perhaps this message might challenge you, might cause you to become more curious about God. And my prayer is that you might consider to make him your Lord and Savior. And we are going to create space for that at the end of this message. So the first um, element or um, characteristic of Mary's response that I want to um, share and bring to life a little bit is that Mary submitted. And I love that. She says at the very, very end of this, verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And that is a big statement. And I don't think actually we... um, we acknowledge the weight of that perhaps in today's modern 21st century Western society. Servanthood, acknowledging who our Lord is and permitting everything that they have said about you to come true. When we look at this miraculous annunciation, and that's what, that's what it's known as, the annunciation. It's miraculous. It's historic. It's momentous. It's really short, It's really short, and it doesn't go big on the details either. There aren't very many details at all, in fact. In fact, Mary only gets the details, the how, because she asked the question. Gabriel did not volunteer it. But but yet, she permits still everything, may everything you have said about me come true. Apart from how, she then asked no more questions. She absolutely trusted and submitted herself to her Lord. And this is a real challenge and inspiration for me. If it was me, which is probably why it wasn't me, I would be asking a lot of questions. In fact, if you ask any pregnant woman or anyone who's been through pregnancy and is, or is an expectant mother, they want to know a lot of details. Details are reassuring. Details are helpful. Details suggest that there is a plan. Even if we don't go fully ahead with that plan, we'd like to know that there is a general path and, and we are heading in the right direction. I would be asking a lot of questions. I would want to know who, what, when, why, how. Mary asked one question and that was enough for her. And that is a huge challenge and a huge, huge inspiration. She positions herself as her, as her Lord's servant And let's think about Mary for a moment. Mary was most probably a a young teenager. Most people, most scholars, most historians would suggest that she was probably around 14 years old. She was a female. She was not under, therefore, any instructions of a rabbi. She would have been working alongside other women in her household, learning how to run a household. She was engaged. She was learning how to become a good wife and a good mother in the future. We can also assume her family was God, a God-fearing family. Many, many people, again, biblical historians, put her family in either the tribe of Judah or the tribe of Levi because we understand that her cousins, Elizabeth and Zechariah, Zechariah was a priest. He was of the tribe of Levi himself. So we put her in either the tribe of Judah or the tribe of Levi. And I love the idea that if she was from the tribe of Levi, the Levites in the Old Testament were the priests, the royal priests who carried the presence of God. They were the ones who carried the Ark of the Covenant. And just a side note here, let's just imagine Mary of the tribe of Levi was literally carrying the presence of God. Wow. But she was so unassuming. 
She was she came from very humble beginnings. And Sarah preached a message last week about the shepherds and how Jesus came for those of the humblest and most lowliest of beginnings. And he model he sends a message to say. Jesus is for all of us. You don't have to have power. You don't have to have position. You don't have to have any authority or social status. Jesus came for you. And he sends that message again when Gabriel comes to Mary, a young, unmarried, engaged, but unmarried young woman in a town of Bethlehem, also known as the runt of the litter when it comes to um, geography in that region. Bethlehem was nowhere special, and Mary was no one special in Bethlehem, and yet Jesus chose, or God chose her to be the mother of Jesus. What a privilege, and what an encouragement as well. Don't put yourself, don't try and chase after status to think that you're earning your way into God's love. You've got it anyway. You are enough. The second thing I want to talk about in terms of Mary's response, is that she hurried. Um, In the next couple of verses afterwards in Luke 1, verses 39 and 40, it says, a few days later, so Gabriel arrives, makes this very short but poignant announcement, and then a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived, that's her cousin. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. She hurried. And to hurry means, if you didn't know, to move or act with great pace. So if we're in our, in our walk of faith, to be a believer like Mary, we need to hurry. And that doesn't mean to rush. That doesn't, the def- definition doesn't include the word rush, but it does say to move or act with great pace. So there's intention and it's deliberate, but it's still, it's quick. There's pace about it. I can only imagine why Mary chose to run to Zechariah and Elizabeth. I mean, as much as we believe and understand and can assume that she was in a God-fearing family, and actually on, um, on reflection, I hope she shared what Angel Gabriel had suddenly turned up and told her about, her family would have joined the dots and gone, hmm, there are 108 prophecies about the arrival of our Messiah, and some of them include that the virgin will bear a son. They might have joined the dots. People might have been thinking there's something about this. She might have had the, the encouragement of family, but let's remember, she was a young, unmarried woman who was now with child. Her life was literally in danger. So perhaps she was hurrying from something, yes, but I believe she was hurrying to something as well. The angel Gabriel told her that Elizabeth was in the sixth month of her own pregnancy, which was a miracle also. So she hurried to where there was faith. She hurried to see the miracle for herself. And again, Sarah shared that when the shepherds told Mary about what the angels had told them, she stored them up in her heart. She needed to go where there was faith to bolster her own. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's think about ourselves. If we're going to be believers like Mary, we need to go to where there is faith. Don't live your life of faith on your own because God designed us all to be in communion and community with each other. Go to where there is faith. Come to church. If you're watching online and you've been watching online for a long time, and this is a side note here, then perhaps you need to come to the house of God. Whether it's this house and you're local to us, please come. But if you're not local, find a church. Find somewhere that you can call home. 
go to where there is faith to not only share your own, but to be encouraged with others. Perhaps you need to go um, to see the miracle, like I say, of Elizabeth's own pregnancy and to celebrate that, to celebrate what God is starting to do. Again, the, the word, the, God had been silent with his people for hundreds of years. Between, the gap between the Old and the New Testament is a period of hundreds of years. God had apparently been silent and all of a sudden God was talking again. And we want to go and hear what God was saying. And what happened? She turned up and her faith in hurrying to Elizabeth's kicked literally um, faith in Elizabeth as well. And they shared each other's faith. Their, Their wombs celebrated each other's faith as well. Now, God might not have announced a virgin birth to you. But he might, he's probably said something to you. What has God said? To be a believer like Mary, maybe we need to move or go somewhere. And with pace, with intention. Maybe we need to physically change our surroundings. Or to build not only our faith and sustain our faith, but build that of others as well. So, hurry. And like I said at the start, I don't think it's necessarily hurrying from... We might hurry from initially from a place of fear and escaping somewhere that feels dark. But actually, change your mindset and hurry too. Hurry towards faith. Hurry towards God. Hurry with pace and intention towards what God has for you. And finally, Mary worshipped. Mary worshipped. What a response to when God says something to you, that you turn it right back towards him. You don't question, you submit, and you worship God. And she worshipped before she saw the promise fulfilled. She was pregnant. She was literally pregnant with a promise. But she didn't wait until after she gave birth to worship God. She worshipped a few days later. The, The chapter continues, Luke 1. 46 to 55. This is called the Magnificat. This is Mary's song of worship and praise. And and it says that Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. The word magnify, if you think about a magnifying glass, is to make bigger. What has God said to you? To be a believer like Mary, we need to worship and praise God before we see a promise fulfilled. We're not worshipping God for his promise. We're worshipping God because he's God. And I want to share a a testimony um, at this point. And it is a relatively recent one. Um, 
And to be honest, I haven't got all the details because I haven't had the answers to my prayers yet. But over the last six months, I've had some struggles. Life has been hard in different pockets of my life. There's been different things going on that I don't need to share, but it's been difficult. And it's been a conscious decision every day to fight forward and to hurry towards faith and to worship God for who God is and not just for the fruit of that relationship in my life because God is still good, so we worship. And I can pinpoint the moment probably about four weeks ago. and I w- It was here in church and I wasn't serving, I was worshiping God. And we sang the song Rattle and it said, open the grave, I'm coming out, I am going to live again. And I made a conscious decision and a bit of a mindset shift. And the darkness that was hovering over me, that was making me unhappy for a long time, it went. Because I consciously refocused myself on God. And I realized that actually God is still God. And I'm going to be okay. The answers haven't yet come to the prayers that I'm praying. But I believe that they are provided for. But I'm going to praise now. And I'm going to worship now, regardless. And honestly, the happiness, the joy is back. (laughs) And I know and I'm confident I'm going to see the goodness of God in these situations, regardless. But I praised and I worshipped and I chose to do that. And it's a conscious decision to do it before I see the promises fulfilled. So let me encourage you from one person who's walked this walk to perhaps if you're wherever you're sat and you're needing to hear this encouragement, worship God now. Don't wait before you worship because God is God and God is good enough now. God is good enough today. God is more than enough today for whatever you need. Worship God now because he loves you and you cannot earn it. You cannot... um, work up enough points towards it. You don't need to get promoted to do it. You don't need to be anything except yourself. You don't need to bring anything except yourself in worship towards God. And God is enough. All he wants is your heart and he can work on the rest. As soon as he knows he's got your heart, the rest of it will all fall into place. I promise you. Worship God now. Be like Mary. Be a believer like Mary and worship and praise God before you see what he has perhaps promised you. How can you make God bigger? Think about that magnifying glass. How can you make God bigger in your life? If worship still feels like it's a a set amount of time and it involves music, and that's okay, we go on a journey, but our lives can become that of worship. And all that simply means is we make God bigger. Bigger than our circumstances, bigger than the thoughts and the feelings that we have bigger than any other voice that speaks into our life. Make God bigger. Give him the attention he deserves. Change your focus from one area to another. That's what I did. I took my focus off my circumstances and I focused on God. Make God bigger this Christmas time. Focus on him more and more. So as we start to close off, let's think about our response again comparing ourselves to Mary, or being rather inspired by Mary. Mary did not look at her earthly status or her circumstances. She looked to God. She knew what God was capable of, and that was more than enough for her to believe that she would be okay. What a statement. 
Let's be inspired by that. Your earthly status or circumstance will not stop God from being and doing all he desires to do in your life. Mary did not disqualify herself. So don't you think about doing that either. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, Each time he said, my grace is all you need. That's God's grace is all you need. My power, God's power, works best in weakness. So now I... Paul, who wrote, who wrote this, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of God can work through me. To be a believer, we must know who God is and what he is saying. So know who you are in God. Notice in that first scripture that we read, Gabriel calls Mary favored more than once. Know that you are favored by God. Look to who God says you are before you look at anything else. Understand who God says you are. It's all in the Bible. There are so many promises and words about your identity in Christ to be found in the Bible. Go find that and be certain of it. I believe that's what set Mary apart. She was certain of who she was in God. Then maybe look at how or look at what God has said. But remember, it is all through the strength and provision of God. You don't get to live this life. If you've, if you've acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you don't have to live this life without him ever again. So don't even try. And when you find yourself trying, acknowledge it and come right back. Get that magnifying glass out and focus on God again. And then remember who God is in all of this. Again, Gabriel said, for the word of God will never fail. Remember that? Even in those challenging dark times, I can imagine Mary, as she went through her pregnancy, as she went through the rest of her life, remembering and recalling and standing and grit, hanging on for dear life with gritted teeth to the promise that the word of God will never fail. You need to perhaps hear this morning, the word of God will never fail. It won't because God is not a liar. It's not who he is. So the word of God will never fail in your life, just like it will never fail in mine, just like it never failed in Mary's. So let's be believers like Mary. And like I said at the start of this message, you might not yet be a believer. We're all on a journey of faith. Some of us have been Christians for a long time, but we still have to make that decision every day that I am choosing to live for Christ because he is my Lord, because he is my saviour, because I know that at Christmas time, he came as a baby. He grew up to be a man who died on a cross and took all of the punishment for my sins that I've ever done and will ever do upon himself, that I might have an eternity with him in heaven. You might not have made that decision before, but you might want to make it today. And I want to give that opportunity to you right now. And all of us can pray this prayer. All of us can respond and invite Jesus again into our lives. All of us, again, can remind ourselves of what it is to be a believer. So let's pray together. God, I thank you that you had a plan that would bring and give opportunity for us all to come back to you and to spend eternity with you in heaven, in paradise, as you describe it. I thank you that that plan started with Mary 
being obedient, and it started with Jesus, your son, being born in a manger, living an earthly life. I thank you that it involved Jesus, you dying on a cross for me and for all of us, for every sin, every wrongdoing, every missed target that we've ever missed before and we're probably going to miss again. And yet, God, out of your relationship and your craving to love us and for us to know that love right back, you still paid that price. And right now, like Mary, we choose to believe. We choose to submit ourselves to your Lordship. Lord, may everything you have said about me come true. Lord, I choose to hurry to the cross. I choose to hurry towards salvation. I choose to hurry towards you and towards your promises. And Lord, may my life be that of worship. May I always choose to focus on you, make you bigger than anything else in my life. Would you help me to do that? Would you help me day by day to make that conscious decision? Because God, it is you that I want in my life. It is you that I choose to make bigger. It is you that I choose to worship. It is you that I choose to believe and to take at your word. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the promises that are made available and started to be shared towards us this Christmas time. May we not rush through them, but may we hurry back towards you, back to that manger, back to where it all began. In Jesus' name, amen.